Rooted in Revenue with your host today, Susan Finch. Susan Finch, your host today for Rooted in Revenue. Today, I want to talk about psychological safety in the workplace. This can make such a difference in the turnover of your company, the success of your company, the stress levels. So psychological safety is defined, it's a workplace climate enabled by emotional intelligence and allows people to take risks, learn from mistakes, give candid feedback and innovate where they're not afraid of retaliation, where they're not afraid of being you know mocked behind their backs or being passed over for promotions because they had a question they wanted to know something different they spoke up and it's so important to create that environment so how do we do that so many businesses are failing at this and there is so many ways to improve that are not that difficult to start you can start with very basic I don't know, good manners to me is part of it. Making people feel safe, like you, not like you would your own child, but you know what I mean? How you want people to be able to be honest where you don't feel threatened by it, where they don't think you're being threatened by it, where they feel comfortable telling you what's really going on and you actually learn how to listen. So the best person for me to bring on for this conversation about psychological safety is Rob Brodo from Advantix. Rob, we've been having some wonderful conversations recently, but this is one that really strikes home for me because it's where I'm actually continuing to learn. I employ my children along with other recent college graduates, one of my dear friends, and so they come into working with me from a different perspective of a different relationship than a working relationship. And so those roles are there and those expectations are there And yet this is work. This is different. We need to redefine that and to make sure you know it's okay to speak up with respect. You know, there's there's that too. Like, well, I'm saying this and you should listen to my opinions. (laughs) That comes from the family. And then from my friend, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings or say something. Man, you know, we have a goal. And we talked about goals in the last episode that we have to be in alignment. This falls into that as well. And it's the one thing that I have talked to my children about and people I've worked with when people to get all mushy here, when they know you come from love, when you say something, it puts a whole different spin on it because mm-hmm. you, they know you and trust you enough to know that whatever you say or however you will listen to it, you're listening with love and you're giving it with love. And I know that's a very emotional, mushy thing to say in there. And the L word doesn't come up a lot, but it it's there. And it allows us to be a little more vulnerable. So let's get, you know, we can get out of some of the woo-woo mushy stuff. And yeah. let's get back over to the simulation. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, thanks. And it's great to be with you again, Susan. I think you shared a lot of insight in that introduction. And this particular area is one that is growing. It's one that a lot of people are paying attention to. It it is the proverbial white hot topic in business right now. And there's a reason for that. The reason for that is that it's pretty clear the organizations that are able to create a culture and an environment of psychological safety are doing better than the organizations who are not. I mean, right off the bat, a culture and environment of psychological safety retains talent. And when they don't have that, 
you know that old say, saying, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. It's very, very true. And so there's just great recognition that, ooh, we better do something here because you know what? For the first time in the history of commerce, people have way more choices in a virtual environment you're not going to an office. You don't necessarily have to be in the same city as your peers in your workplace. And so they have more choices. And so that's one of the reasons why I think it's become um, so critical today. The flexibility of being able to work from anywhere, yes, but people have to remember too, when you're in these positions, the talent pool is bigger for us to hire from. Yeah. For that same reason, we don't have those limitations. We can really find that better match without settling for who is close by that's a different topic right there but Mm. i want to get more into how do we create that environment you know that psychologically safe environment you mentioned a few things in your intro and i was waiting for the t word and it took a little while but you got there the trust and to me psychological safety from a leadership perspective, and, and this is conversation is going to be about what can you do? The people listening to this podcast, what can you do today, this afternoon, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, what can you do immediately to be a better leader and to create that environment? Well, first of all, you have to understand it's an environment where people, employees feel trusted. They have a true belief they're not going to be punished. They're not going to be humiliated. If they come up with new ideas, if they challenge the status quo, if they express their concerns, if they make mistakes and they learn from those mistakes quickly, those are the things that you want to do. Now, what do I do specifically as a leader to do that? There's five things that I talk about that I think are critical. Number one is creating a space where it's predictable. Create that environment where it's stable, that people can have a consistent environment where they know what to expect, both good and bad. When I try things, okay, great. I tried it and it didn't work, but I'm going to learn from that. You want to create a space where people have options. They have choices. They have control. They can look at situations. They can explore. Again, they can make mistakes. They can rectify those mistakes, but they have options to do that. The next point, it's very important. It's equity. Equity meaning that you as a leader are treating everybody fairly. You're not creating favorites. You're not looking at functions like, oh, well, you know, we're innovators. So R&D, you're special people. You can do things differently. No, 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 no. You have to create equity, true equity to get people to buy in. You have to focus in and understand what people want. What do people want? They want status. They want recognition. They want to know that you're there to help build self-esteem, not to tear people down. And then the last one, again, as I mentioned, it's the T word, it's trust. It's the foundation for all relationships. It's the foundation for all teams. It doesn't matter what the strategy is. doesn't matter what your goals and objectives are. If you don't have trust, then nothing's going to work. So those are things really quickly off the top of my head that you know I share with any leader about creating that environment of psychological safety. 
I'm so familiar with building trust in a sales environment. You know, you have to build trust with the prospect, mm -hmm. especially if you're cold calling, you have some, you know, so many seconds to get that done or it's done, but you can have trust. You can betray trust in a yeah. work environment and then you have to repair it. Yeah. And that can be challenging. Does your, do your simulations at Advantix cover the repairing? Yeah, they do. And Susan, I'm, I'm going to share with you a, a slightly different perspective as well. So I've written all of our simulations on psychological safety, and I've written them based on research, the experts in this area. But I've also written them on real world examples, interviews of more than 100 different leaders about psychological safety. And, and typically what I do in my interviews, I ask them to tell me stories of things that work, that don't work. And if somebody has broken your trust, is it repairable? And if it is, what do you do to get there? Now, before I give you the positive, let me also say there are some situations where it is not repairable, right. nor should it be. Right. That if somebody's broken a trust to a great extent, and it's, you know, and I'm not talking about breaking the law or doing something like that out of compliance, that's a different conversation. But general trust, you know, you have to make that decision. So I'll give you a quick story. I was working with a leader um, who has a team, half of the team is in the physical environment, half of the team is working virtually, and they had a very, very tough deadline, and they were supposed to be working together. And one of the critical team members didn't show up for a meeting and was like, well, where's that person? What's happening here? Is that person sick, not feeling well? Eventually, they found the person, um, missed a deadline, missed the meeting, shared that, oh, they're really sorry. They just weren't feeling well, went to sleep and missed the meeting. Okay, it happens, right? Listen, I see I'm... I'm kind of getting the cues here from your, your expressions on your face. And you're like, whoa, okay, yeah. Well, true leaders who create an environment of psychological safety are listening and they're believing because they have trust until one of the other people on the team happened to be looking at their social media feed and saw the person in their backyard building a swing set for their kids because it was the birthday party coming the next day. And this person totally lied about being sick. I think you could, the, the timing, the stamp was on this on the feed. So now what do you do? Well, you have to have a very difficult conversation with this person and make the determination. Is this person somebody who I can trust again? Now, they had a great track record. Eventually they came clean and said, you know what? I should have told you it was my kid's birthday. I needed to take some time off. I needed to build the swing set. But that's an example. And it's a very right. realistic situation. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of myself in that position. It's like, how do I replace you? Because if you're going to let me down on a deadline like that, you're going to do mm -hmm. it again. Right. And you only right. came clean because you got caught. That's right. Oh, now, that's... but now think this through. It's not just that one person. There were seven other people in that team. Yeah. They are watching. Part of being an effective leader and part of creating that environment of psychological safety, I had mentioned it earlier, it's also equity, treating people the same 
And so what do you do? In this particular case, the manager said, good employee, has been a good contributor, really no major issues, going to give them a warning, going to make them make a public apology. We're going to, re- your question was rebuild the trust. And eventually they, they were able to rebuild that trust. If it's a different situation and it's a person who's let them down, down before, has disappeared before, hasn't pulled through before, well, then there's another path here of a performance improvement plan. Um, but you have to do it in a respectful way. You can't let the rest of the team make fun of them or mock them because you then implode the bubble of trust on your team. It's difficult. It's all, that's why I think it's such an interesting one. It's very, very hard. Yeah, you don't want them going all Lord of the Flies on everybody. No. no, no. <laughs> that's what would happen. And and to your question, to your point, that's what I created in this simulation. I have purposely created scenarios that are a little bit ambiguous, very thoughtful in terms of what should I be doing? What's the best practice here? And of course, a simulation is nothing more than a case study that comes to life. Every leader is going to have to make their own decisions based on a number of factors in the real world, but you have to think about them. Oh my goodness. Yes, you do. Well, you've given us a checklist, what to look out for, what the goals should be too, because high turnover costs everybody money and not being able to trust people costs everybody money. That's right. So you have to find that balance. But if we are not leading by example mm-hmm. and consistency, it's the same with training a dog, training your kids, yeah. all that. It's consistency. And let me add to, to your great point, but it's also about having people feel comfortable challenging the status quo. There's not, it can't just be reactive to trust. It has to be an environment where people know that what got us here is not going to get us there. And my expectation, and I'm going to create that environment for you to feel comfortable failing, but learning quickly to continue to push our value proposition to our customers. That's again, where I think a lot of companies miss the boat on psychological safety as a leader. Well, I agree with you on that. What I'm wondering too, we've talked about this before, who your ideal clients are and who they are not. And I'm not in a position to be your client because I don't, I'm not big enough. I'm little, but I did notice that on this particular simulation page, there is an online version. Yeah. So somebody like me, a smaller company could sign up to do that. Yeah, actually on this simulation and a few of the others, because of the evolution of technology, we've been able to create full programs that can be institutional for a large company, roll it out to tens of thousands of employees to go through. We've also created for them to be um, what we'll call asynchronous. Uh, I want to sign up. I want to go through the simulation. It's an investment of about two hours of my time, but I can do it and get some feedback at the end of it and really do some self-thinking, self-reflection and some action planning on what can I do, a small business of three or a medium-sized business? Sure. Yeah, that is uh, something that we've been striving to do. I love that option because sometimes that is all I have is a few hours or I have to put a priority. What's the most important thing? Where is my business hurting the most? What is that pattern? And I recognize for me, this is exactly a place where because of my relationships with the people who work with me, 
to make sure that I am doing the best I can as a thoughtful, considerate, safe leader for them to come to. And then I also have to learn too, and I'm hoping you would learn it from there as a smaller business leader to be able to receive that information safely. Hmm. So something for the employees to learn as well. How do I present what I need to say in a way that will be heard, that will continue that bridge of trust? I'm very excited about exploring this. Thank you. Good. Oh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. (laughs) So everybody, this is a wrap up to our three topic series with Rob Brodo from Advantix. You can find all these episodes and more on rootedinrevenue.com or in your favorite podcast app. We will be publishing these in the next few weeks. Be sure to catch the previous episodes with Rob too. There are things to think about. You might want to incorporate and you might be surprised with some simple changes, some simple adaptations, tweaks, reviews. You can increase your revenue your success, and lower your turnover almost immediately. Rob, thank you so much. You can find him at Advantix.com, A-D-V-A-N-T-E-X-E.com on LinkedIn or right here on Rooted in Revenue. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Susan. Never miss an episode. Check out RootedinRevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. So go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing and your online presence.